Welcome to the Lesbo and the Bean universe. Lesbo and the Bean. L-A-T-B. Lat-B. Where mixed martial arts and the UFC get silly. Big silly. Buckle up and move your tray tables to their upright position. And please, somebody shut that baby up. It's time for Lesbo and the Bean. Welcome back. Welcome back. Episode 152. We have a... Recap and Ricochet underway after UFC That's Denver. Right <laughs> <laughs> I was processing that a little bit. It was a long night of processing because we had some ups and downs. Mainly a lot of ups. Told you guys it was going to be a sneaky card. Had a bunch of underdogs come through. And uh, some highlight, I would say, top 10 knockouts of all time happened last night. I'm sure you've all been somewhat caught up. We're going to go through, tell you how we felt about it all. First off, first off, how have you been since we last met? How's that bank account doing since you listened to Lat B? You're going to have to um, lead the way on uh, the beginning of the fights because I married friends yesterday, so I missed them. I was a minister or a preacher, a father. You were the person who got him to sign the, pa- sign the paper? Mm, I. You were um, an accomplice by my... By my account. Making partners. (laughs) Making, just building, building. American families. Base of the nation. American families. (laughs) Doing it. Doing it. So, So, um, because, maybe because I had so much love in my heart and giving love to the world, DraftKings loved me back last night. I was going to say it was Lat B. What? Yeah, Did you right? Listening to Lat <laughs> Maybe B. it wasn't love. Maybe it was Lat B. <laughs> <laughs> so it ended up going to 12 card bout due to Ray Borg on the show itself breaking. Joey B now has officially a fight. I believe it's this next card coming up this coming up weekend. Um, a short notice bout, but Ray Borg, I don't know the medical issues. They haven't disclaimed it, but what do we do with this young man? He's had only a very few fights and been out for with injuries and other family issues for a while. It's easy for me to see that Ray Borg has needed to move up to 135 forever. Makes total sense forever. to me as well. I think he can stay in the UFC. I don't, don't think he has to go anywhere or worry about the 125 shutting down. I just think Ray Borg moves up. Ta-ta. Oh, apparently Brendan Schaub paid for all that shit. He That's took care of all Ray Borg Officially, shit. it's done. And he didn't bring it up at all. It's yeah. only because listener, like, it was in questions. And People have been looking person, it up. Yeah, ask them. So, oh, wow. That's legit. I haven't heard of it, but testament act to Brandon Shaw being like, no, he doesn't need an Instagram that he gave him money for his kid. That's be That would be weird. Yeah, he's practicing what he preaches. I like it. Yeah. So, practicing what we preach here. We had a 12-car bout. It started off with Mark De La Rosa defeating Joby Sanchez. Here the Bean was with the underdog, and in a split decision, starting off the night, I can't say I feel too bad about that Joby Sanchez pick. DraftKings didn't help me out too, too much. For the low price he was, wasn't the worst. Like I said, Sanchez is uh, maybe a little chinnier than I'd like to think. Guys, Tank has a little bit of issue. They were in Denver as well, but De La Rosa didn't stick out to me at all as much as people have been hyping him up, being that 2-3-1, and three to one, or... Oh, favorite, I mean. I don't see it. Joby, I don't think, is also the highest guy. And the fact that it went to split, then again, it could be the judges. We had some funky judges. These guys are going to stick around at the 135 division. 
Or maybe they don't. Maybe the influx of 25ers moving up, that division gets, you know, the really talented guys where Sanchez and Rosa, I think, are in the lower end of that division for me at 135 from what I saw yesterday starting off the night. I didn't get to see any of it. I saw that it went to decision. I had De La Rosa submission round two, and I didn't really put him too many places because of how much he was, and we always have the lappy stay away on the first fight, so it didn't hurt me at all, and I was happy to see a Paid green off. check on my tapology. Paid off. Then we went on to the 25ers, Eric Shelton defeating Joseph Morales in a split decision. Shelton looks good in there. Kind of called it, I feel like, here at Lab B. Shelton's better everywhere, a little bit around. Did we both have Shelton's split decision, didn't we? We both had it, and I would even say we had Shelton's split decision. And that's exactly what happened. But I do believe this was also a funky-ass card where Shelton had a 29-28 round for the first and third, but the other ref gave Morales 30-27. How do Where it wasn't that anywhere. Where nobody had that at all, and there's no way... Morales won that first round or third round, in my opinion, as well. Second round, iffy. So, judges being a little funky throughout the night. Colorado, was it the contact high? Did Lat B call that right again throughout the yeah. night? Yeah. Was the CBD flowing too hard? Yeah, they couldn't handle the truth. They couldn't handle <laughs> the altitude. So, moving forward with both of those guys, if they stay in the 125 division... I'm going to be tentative on both. And well, I like kind of what you're saying, um, where the 125 and 135 have, it's like they have monsters right at the tippy top. Like the tippy top from the rest is such leaps and it's bounds. It's like 185. That maybe the bleed of both these divisions together will make for some exciting fights again. Maybe mm-hmm. you'll be interested in the last four guys we just talked about if they're fighting each other. At 35 and weaning each other out? Yeah, because if you have Eric Shelton against De La Rosa... That might not be a bad fight because Eric Shelton's that much better, but he's a smaller guy. I don't know. Good call. I think so as well. And both of these guys are 5'6", but oh, they just have little friends I'm not friends upset on about them. the 125 going bye-bye. Is it going bye-bye, though? Because I was about to say that officially we have about, at 125 pounds for the belt, Henry Cejudo versus TJ Dillashaw. For the 125 belt? I think it's no. the unification of the 135, no? I thought it was the 25 they're fighting at. I and would like that just for TJ to take it and then bleed away the division because he has the He absorbs it, belt. essentially? I I thought the last fight was like... Not Trinaldo. He's so big. Who was it? Yeah. Who was it? Who was it? They. I thought it was even official that it was the last 125 belt. Was and it, it wasn't for a belt. It was Cruz Lineker. That also got signed at 125, I, I believe. Oh, I didn't... At 125? No, You're, that's at... No, well, that that's Lineker went up, yeah. That's right, that's right. Um, Yeah, I don't... I really think I read that there was one sign, the very last 125 bout for UFC, and it wasn't very exciting. It was... I might be able to pull it up here. I'm pulling it up right now, the specific bout that is made with TJ... Oh, I can't find it off the top of my head, but I know that they're they're signed. I, I know don't care. I don't one. even worry about dead air. You know why I don't worry about dead air? Because we don't have no advertisers. <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> so while we figure that yeah, out, yeah, while you figure it out, or you talk about that, or, the moving forward with either I'll one of those guys, gotta be tentative. On to the 155ers. We had the debuting Devonte Smith against returning Julian Erosas. Uh, this was one that was a bit split on. 
I thought Erosa's might be a little sneaky play on DraftKings there um, due to the altitude and Smith's cardio issues. And that did not come, that didn't go into play because in 46 seconds, Erosa's showed us that his chin, even at 155 pounds, has not gotten any better. And Erosa's is going to be one of those mid-tier gatekeepers to get into the UFC, in my point of view. He's not UFC caliber necessarily himself, but if you can beat him on the uh, LFA scene, then you deserve a shot in the UFC. He's the last guy. He'll probably hold a belt at those type of organizations, but again, just... I had Smith KO round two, so it was even quicker for me, and I was very excited that it went that way because I had Smith on a very beautiful DraftKings card. On probably your highest paying card of the night, mm-hmm. Smith was. And I speckled Smith a little bit there, but I did have Erosas on some cards, and uh, the two points did hurt me. I still cashed out on most I, of my cards. You weren't alone. I saw a lot of picking er- people picking Erosa as a sneaky underdog. Yep. Uh, who I'm glad I didn't, because like you were saying, after it was the a first, gnarly ass knockout. After if it would have gone further than the first round, but yeah, it was a one-two right down the middle. Erosas was out immediately. Where do we again? Erosas probably not UFC caliber. It's a second stint in there, and it was devastating. Smith, I'm gonna pump the brakes a little bit. People are gonna be super high, but again. We got to remember that Erosas might not necessarily be that UFC caliber in there. So 155 is full of monsters. Can't wait to see him back in there. Hopefully he gets a quick turnaround. I mean, 46 seconds, no damage taken. That's where I'm going to end up moving with those guys. Yeah, you don't learn a whole bunch when you knock out somebody in a few seconds kind of thing. Exactly. Staying in the 155ers, we had probably the biggest squash match of the night where Davi Ramos came in and squashed... Jonathan Gunther, there was not rumors, there was videotape of John Gunther telling his buddies he was coming in short notice against Davi Ramos, his uh, BJJ buddies, and his buddies are like, what? Who are you fighting? Dude, you're going to get killed. Every single one of his friends was like, you're right, it says TJ Dillashaw will move down and wait to challenge Henry Cejudo for the flyweight title at UFC 233 on January 26th. The bean strikes again. The bean strikes again. So maybe it's the last one, and if it unifies, they'll dump it. And if it doesn't, they'll keep it. That's where I'm thinking it unifies, and then TJ moves up to 35, keeps defending, and then says, I don't need to defend that 25 belt. And they're like, okay, whatever, done. And they just throw the division away, but he, they're banking on him to take it. Even in the situation that Sehudo wins that fight, he moves up to 35 and doesn't take that belt, and they, and they, they still get away Either with 25. Either way, it's going bye-bye. Yep. After the but fact. I'm, you know what? That is funny because that is a part of the argument. Or I got into a tiff um, with somebody about that being the last fight at 125. And they're like, that doesn't make sense. Why would you drive down a dead end road? And I'm like, just because it's a cooler way to end it's the division. It's a way division. to cap it off. It's, yeah. a cooler, it's just a cooler way to end yeah, it than a, just, here's two dudes that fight at this. Not the best dudes, but this is why we had the division. No, it doesn't show... How great the division was. You don't get to set up the reel of like Mighty Mouse. Doosh, 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 doosh. Just slaying people through. Anytime you have an opportunity to show off a belt and the picture UFC is going to take And if the UFC is smart, they have Mighty Mouse at the last fight. And they induct him into the Hall of Fame right away. Oh, that would be dope. For him to cap off his his UFC gig and then let him go to one off into the sunset. I think that's what you do. And then like take pride in the fact that you... We're part of this champion's legacy and just 
instead of letting this division fart off into the distance. The only thing I expect out of this is a paycheck from WME because you're getting solid business advice here at Lappy telling you how to run your own business. (laughs) (laughs) Good ideas. Hashtag good ideas. Back to Gunther. I told you it was a guarantee submission round number one a minute and 57 seconds into it you were you said guarantee and i I listened to you i put it like i just put submission round one and i didn't even think about it again and the thing that i felt like i was 100 percent right as well on DraftKings was this wasn't going to be 134 points this was going to be 106, 103 points. I believe Ramos was 106 because it was a takedown, no ground and pound, move some move position and submission. And Ramos was on my biggest card of the night. So he, but what was his 103 was his total? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's just those hundred points where other fighters get 126 in a little bit. I think we played that just spot on draft. Well, maybe just called it a little bit, but. Good you played it wherever you could. I did as well. He ended up saving a lot of my cards throughout the night. Moving forward, you can't put anything on this for Ramos. I mean, he beat Gunther, a guy who probably shouldn't be in the UFC. And get them in there with anyone. Do you give Gunther another shot? He's lost every single fight he's been in the UFC. Or even tried other than his debut to get in the house against Smith. Maybe not even that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said the same thing about Gunther going in that you weren't super high on him even being UFC caliber. So a win in this, everybody be like, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, okay. So, but Gunther. It's, you never guarantee. So never. I think the fact that you guarantee is a testament to that Gunther shouldn't be in there. A hundred percent. You never tell people like, here, bet your house on this. Yeah, you can, and by the way... Take food out of your kid's mouth and bet it on this fight. (laughs) It was minus 900, got up to minus 1200 by closing line, so people still kept putting money on Ramos. We told you, hey, you could, there's still movement on this, and it's going to be in Ramos' favor for the right reason. Mm -hmm. On to Mm -hmm. probably one of the biggest kerfluffles we've seen in the UFC in a long time. I see this being turned over once it goes to the commission, we had Bobby Moffitt debuting at 145 pounds against Chaz Skelly. And this was a referee who second-guessed himself and didn't understand the position and ended up calling a submission round number two for Moffitt. Two minutes, 43 seconds into it. And it was a good darce. He was squeezing, but Chaz Skelly was defending properly. And the ref said... That Chaskelly fluttered his eyes, but as soon as the ref stepped in, Skelly was just like, dude, what are you doing? And a lot of people, myself included, being like, this guy better not stop. Like, this is why you let him go dead. This is why you, you let him go limp, I mean, not dead. This is why you let somebody and you understand that he's got four to seven seconds where he's going to be fine. He can have no oxygen in his brain and he'll, he'll just be asleep. Um, but at no point in time did I ever see Chas Skelly go limp in there. Did you catch the replays of this one at all? I didn't. I, it's this, what do we, um, recall that the Kiesa, he got Kiesa'd? No, I don't think so at all. Cause Kiesa's choke was underneath the neck and applied where it's a different level. A Darce, Chas Skelly was defending it where, um, 
Kiesa was not pulling the hand down or attacking that. Where Chaskin, but didn't we also say that there is something that he, what he was doing, he could have defended. Like, there's guys that can bunch up their neck yeah. and defend. Well, like, we've defended Kiesa on his... Yeah, where he's relaxing as well. He was relaxing so as well in order to... Yeah, so it's just making me, like, he, in the same boat, I... No matter how tight, no matter how bad, no matter how whatever, it's tap or go to sleep. You don't get to... It's tap or go to sleep. He wasn't asleep yet. The, how quick he woke up was so sketched to me. It he wasn't even woke up. And there was... There was not, never yeah, there was there never, was never, never woke up. He just sleep. opened his eyes. Yeah, I agree. But how like, quick that happened, there was no question to me that he was ever asleep. Right. And it was a damn shame. It was a damn shame that it happened. We did have Skelly on that. And a ton yes, of cards. Was he probably going to go to sleep? There was enough time in it and he had him, but he... If he tucked the way you're saying, who knows? He could have wiggled out. It's Chaz Skelly. He was pissed, but Tapper go to sleep. There's no debate about it. There, It doesn't even have to, well, he would have got him anyway. That's not the debate. That's not the rules. It's Tapper go to sleep. Agreed, agreed. The ref isn't there to think well, he knows what's going on. He's in there to just react to the situation, and he reacted wrongly. I believe that was the first time we had seen that ref in the UFC. I could be wrong there, but hopefully we don't see him again. I don't even know his name, and I'm sure he... Uh, immediately was saying sorry Chas Kelly multiple times saying that the ref was like sorry I thought it was whatever one of the interesting things with this fight I know you were busy but they were showing for a good five minutes uh like a football play where they show the football whether it's in the lines they had the refs looking at the footage and they still decided that it was a submission choke because he would have been caught anyways but anybody who knows what the hell they're talking about and probably wasn't in the building. That THC, again, getting to these guys' heads, being a I, little bit... Chaz Kelly quick. did ruin a card of mine in the night. A card. And it was I 31 points. I would have been got. in that top 10 of cashing on everywhere if it wasn't for Skelly. I put Skelly on a lot of cards because he was being undervalued all the way around there. And, um, damn, that he hurt me in a lot of spots. I still had a good night. But Skelly was one of those that was I only had him unique. on one card, and I was... Very happy about it. And I think I did only play three cards in the night. I didn't have any a card. I did not play a card. I didn't have time in my week preparing my little officiant gig. Did not have time in my week. So I did the cards after my officiant gig. I stepped outside, hit a little vape pen, made a little UFC cards on DraftKings, and then I went back in to the wedding. So... I think I did only do three cards, and I had Skelly on one. So on one third of my card, just <laughs> Skelly. So nice. we probably played him on the same amount. That's nice. what I'm saying. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, no, I had him on some of my more expensive cards. I had Skelly. I, I had him on a three dollar card. God damn. But I, no, I only did three cards. I did two three dollar cards and a four dollar card. Whoop, whoop. You could get good money in there. That's usually where we're playing around. Then I'll Twitter around with some of those little to give you guys ones. an idea of like the hey, ranges where yeah, what I'm playing. I'm not going cray cray. You're not in the $138 blinds ones. Uh, I try to if when they're pay per views, but this fight was just too quick, and I'm just trying to stick with my rules of sticking with what I know, kind of thing, and to make three cards quick right at the last minute and didn't I didn't get to see too much of the weigh-ins didn't get to it was I wasn't gonna bet my farm I didn't so I didn't play like 10 and 20 dollar cards tonight anyways on to well where do we go I guess with Scaly and or Moffitt Moffitt still super untested look good in there for a little bit we saw him for a round and uh, a half essentially Scaly 
I think he's going to get this overturned. I think that he has a good enough case. Even if not, UFC is not going to let him go for this because Dana White is smart enough to be like, dude, you were an out. Like, Dana White's been in it long enough to be like, dude, we're going to give you another fight. Mouthing gets another fight. I'm going to have to really break down the situation when that comes about. On to the 155ers, we had a split decision between Ashley Yoder versus Amanda Bobby Kubla. Here at Lab B, we were split up on it, and rightfully so, on the night we had a split decision. This was also one of those cards, I believe, there was a 30-27 one way, and then 229-28s the other for Yoder. Uh, Bobby Cooper, I thought, had 29-28. I had the first two rounds go to Cooper due to those takedowns. Yoder did reverse it a, a couple times in uh, maybe the first and third for Cooper, but there was an iffy second round in there where Yoder might have got the last half because she rolled through in a scramble. But uh, moving forward with either one of these ladies, I think that they're gatekeepers to be in the UFC. I don't think they're either one's making a run by any time soon, but I don't see either one being cut. They have some of the lowest records being 50-50 or lower. Now, Amanda Bobby Cooper being like 40 and 60 in her career as far as a fighter, which we don't see those type of records in the UFC. I think we should start calling Amanda Bobby Cooper the GOAT. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you like what you saw in there? Bobby Cooper. I actually will have to say it's the best I ever seen Amanda Bobby Cooper look. I thought they did stifle each other, and I had it 2-1 for Yoder. I thought it was so It was a close fight. Close. It was a close fight. So, so close. It could be a little I bit of bias. I think, though, you're right. It was biased because I had Yoder going into it. And I had and bias. Had, so it was so biased, but I also They both had think one round, and we split up in the middle was, round. Local girl bias, which you said might be a thing going in, and totally. Rose Nama Yunus. You got that Rose Nama Yunus shine? Yep. You might get a little bias going into that. Rose is very loud about uh, what she liked. I did not have Yoder or Amanda Bobby Cooper anywhere. I did my, I, I might have had, no, I didn't have either girls anywhere, so it didn't really affect me. So, forward on this, how much are you going to be putting them against a lot of those top level competition? Because I, I don't think they beat a top tenner in there. I don't know. I. It's a weird division. It's a weird. They're still. They both have careers in the UFC. To me, in my opinion, they both showed improvement from their last fights, even though it was kind of like a squash match, as you would say. Totally. Um. And was it a dirty split? And you said it was going to be a, a dirty we split. Called so, it. Yeah. Called it. We were on this card. I feel like we were. Honed in, lined in. We must have some of that. Uh, we know. Denver. I think if you look back at any of our Colorado cards, we slay it. Yeah, I would agree with that. We're we're in tune with the Denver crowd. There, we must have. We know common what they're smoking. We, we know must. What they're <laughs> <laughs> so we move on to the 155ers, where we get another split decision in the night. How many did we have throughout the night? This is going to be number four. And I think we said it over and over yeah, again. That these card, these lines are a little bit off, and we specifically said. This line was off for this card, and that Luis Mylan Bob Ross, VBR himself, was going to be in a much tougher fight against Mike Trezino, the Tiger Showman standout, tough winner. A lot of people said that this should have officially been the tighter holder for that tough 27 house, and Trezino put a great game plan in there together. I'm tell I was saying here, this guy is tougher than people think. Finally, Bob Ross, I like a lot, He's but he's getting a lot, a lot of hype. He's training with a lot of good guys. And um, Pena fought a guy who's going to make a lot of guys look bad in there at 5'11". Trezino has 
Good wrestling. Is it Trezano or? Tre- uh, Trezano. It okay. is Trezano. Good wrestling defensive because once uh, Pena kept getting cracked with those left hands, he kept shaking his head off and being like, you didn't hit me. But counter tell, if you smile and shake your head saying you it hurt. didn't hurt, it means it hurt. It means it hurt. And that happened the further and further we got into the fight. Second and third round, Trezano ended up taking this fight. I had Luis Pena, but on my DraftKings, as we told you here, Wager Gager was going to be Trezano, and he was on every single one of my winning cards. Trezano ended up being the Wager Gager of the night. I still had Pena on my tapology, but DraftKings-wise, I didn't touch Pena. Um, wait, maybe I had him on one or two just other cards, but I had Drazino on like 80% of my cards, and he cashed. We called that spot on. The grinder came through. I like them both moving forward. I don't think either one lose. They beat a lot of other guys in here, but uh, that hype train strikes again on V. Didn't strike for me because I had Trezano everywhere. Woo! I didn't even mess around with Violent Bob Ross. I thought everyone was being biased because he has a cool nickname. And I even said that here. I had Trezano decision. He was the reason my cards went to like second place. What up, player? Thank you, Trezano. But I felt more confident about it because I said, I know this sounds crazy. And he was like the second heaviest underdog on the whole card. And because you validated that it wasn't as crazy as I thought and the line was off, that is why I put him everywhere. Otherwise, I would have stayed away from it because of how much everybody else was saying it was an underdog. So it was definitely the fight that made. It it was the head. It was the Rudolph on my sleigh bringing... A uh, little presents to my bank account. That's why you're liking and subscribing here because that's a value play. I've seen professional betters also throwing stuff out there after the fact. Unfortunately for the free bet, oh, it isn't there. We'll I listened get there to the whole Lesbo oh, and so Levine, and that is how I made those three cards. That was what I went on for the three cards. I had nothing else to go on except what we talked about here, and I finished. So from the amount I bet to the amount I made, oh. We're doing good. We're doing good here in the Lab House. On to, though, or where do you go with either one of these guys moving forward? I like them both going forward. I think Trezano's going to totally ruin guys' nights left and right. And I think people are going to sleep on Pena, and he's just going to continue to get better. I think what Pena needs to do is kind of the same thing I said going into this. Uh, Where is he fighting out of right now? A.K.A. training with Habib specifically. Oh, he is now. Yeah, he oh, was he his whole been. camp. Yeah. Huh, I didn't know that. Yep. So, uh, Luis Pena actually does kind of uh, like the Zabit <laughs> territory. He's kind of with the same clique because isn't Zabit and Habib both from Dagestan? They are, but Zabit's over in New Jersey with Frankie Edgar, where AK is over in California. But he's with Magomed as well. Magomed Sharipov. Yeah, he's over there with Magomed and Khabib. But that wrestling, I like what Pena was doing. But again, Trezano is also a D1 wrestler. Um, good head control by Bob Ross in there. Really using the clench well. But the gas tank played out a little bit. Elevation, I think, hurt uh, Pena a little bit more. It was a great fight. You can go back and watch that fight. And it's going to hold up years later. Because technically, both of these guys brought it it was and they're both young we're gonna be watching them both oh we'll watch this fight again in like four or five years and there'll be different beasts of themselves for sure for sure for sure on to the 115ers we had macy barber 
barely making weight. We told you guys to watch weigh-ins for a reason against Hannah Cypher. Cypher being scared to death of the night. This was one of those that I put heavy into the prop bet for finishing. I think it was only plus 120. I didn't feel like putting a free bet out because there wasn't enough juice behind it. But Macy Barber told you those elbows, told you she cut up her last girl. She just has that constant moving forward style. Uh, Cyphers, I wasn't giving enough credit to. I liked what I saw from Cyphers in there. Even though she was getting beat up, she wasn't backing down in there. She was moving forward. To be an atom weight and look as good as she looked in That's there. That's what I'm saying. She, You're right. I, I was actually a little nervous after coming out of the first round because I didn't know if Macy, if we had, were going to know if she blew her water or not. Yeah. I didn't know if it was going to be done. But then Macy came out with just as much, you know. And she can do that in the yeah, she looked badass. Uh, we both had KO, so I had her on my card. Everywhere. And even though she was super expensive, she got 112 points, so hey, hey, hey. Yep, I had Messi everywhere. I'm going to like Cyphers as we move on in here, specifically in matchups. I don't think she looked as bad as I thought she was going to. Uh, it wasn't as big as a blowout on that short notice because it was two weeks for her. What do you do with Macy from here? I mean, at 115. Do you like her during call out? Not only because Dern isn't making that weight, I don't. That's Macy having to move up, and I don't think she does. I think Macy stays. Dern, though, they're letting her stay at one fifteen. They're not forcing her to move weight. up. I think that they should give Macy two more fights that she can win. There's some fun fights. You don't at think she can chew through Dern? Dern's so overrated, in my opinion. I think Macy can do it. I think Macy has the whole skill set. She's twenty years yeah, old. Yeah, her kicks, so striking wise, are amazing. Dern likes to power up on that right. On the ground is where Dern has her advantage. I'd like to see it. I don't care. Put Macy in there with anyone. I want to see her because I, the elbows that she's been throwing in her last three she fights. She seemed confident unreal. AF. And That's, she's saying all the right things in there. Like, I'm the listen. future. Her nickname's the future. That is next level. We were talking about this, and I was surprised when we did our breakdown, at how you didn't remember on our contender show when we saw her. We're like, this girl's 20 and she's going to be a monster. And I thought you backed off on our breakdown. And I'm like, I remember our previous contenders of her. This is someone to watch out for. We were Sometimes super Sometimes I don't high. remember people's names and the pictures that they have. Yeah. I don't look like but then the you remember person. The, the person. The, so then when you are like, this is that girl from... And then I'm like, oh, shit. And then I changed it to KO round one. See, boop, boop. Whoop. And then it was round two. And she paid off everywhere. Either way, again. So you like the shockwave. You like the future going forward. Yeah, let's see. Let's um, see. Then we go back to the 55ers. To Benil Dariush winning a unanimous decision over debuting Tiago Moises. Moises also being a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu ace. Had Dariush in a couple spots close with those guillotines. But Dariush being a high level no-gi world champion was able to shake him off. Um, Dariush, I sweat when I watch his fights now and I have bets on him. Because I'm waiting for him to just go night-night. With the, the, whole time. the the whole, whole time into the third round, he's still winning, and I'm just like, oh, please, just don't walk into a kick or a punch right now. And against like, the debuting fighter, zombied. right? Please don't get zombied. Into against a debuting fighter, that's not confident that I have moving against. Let's say now he goes in there against a top ten fighter in there. I'm still hesitant on Darius. I love everything about him. Still. If he with that chin, Moises looked better than I thought he was in there. And I think he's actually going to have a pretty solid run now that he's had a legitimate top 10 guy in there. 
I thought he didn't look great. I just, it wasn't it like a 30-26? It was like a crazy score was, different. He got I a would, couple 10-8s, I think, in two rounds, Darius. He just held him down, like, to have total control But this guy's time. coming off of fighting crows and knows off of the contender series to Darius, who's number 12 No, I thought Darius looked all right in there. It, to me, it looked back. He went, it went, instead of, you. I think you said he fell in love with his striking and yeah. that was his danger. He yeah. looked like he went back to his base to me. And Agreed. that base looked strong AF. He was very dominant everywhere. This is a rough division, 155 for him. Totally. He doesn't seem like he can cut any lower. He looks like death at one. No, wasn't it 145 that he was chinny at? We said no. he, no, 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 it was 155 it was, it was too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought he looked okay, very dominant, but I don't know what I think of Moise, Moises or whatever is Moises. Thiago um, <laughs> going forward. And I'm still probably going to be nervous about Dariush, but if he sticks with the wrestling game plan, he looks super He's going to beat a lot of guys. There. Totally, totally agree with that. Good call on that one. So tentative moving forward. On to the 135ers. We had the Iron Lady coming in. Against Raquel Pennington, unfortunately, the free bet that the Bean posted out there inside the distance plus 300 did not come about. Uh, but it wasn't for a lack of trying. Those ladies were swinging in there. Absolutely. Especially after Raquel Pennington did not make weight. Do you happen to know why she didn't make weight? No, but she uh, looked flabby enough that everybody in the room that I was watching fights with said, that girl looks flabby. And... Rocky is, usually looks good in there. She usually doesn't look a little gutty. I was hoping you knew because I didn't want to break it to you on the show. But I feel like her hormones were off and it's just kind of that time of the month. But she didn't say it. I believe that's what she was saying. That's going to be the new thing? That's what I'm... Yeah. Unless it is... I mean, I know how much it affects me personally. Um, but you're not trying to be a professional fighter. I'm not trying to be a professional fighter. And I don't know if, like, Jackie Joyner-Kersey or if Venus Williams or if, uh, you know, how much other professional athletes. female athletes are using this as an excuse for reasons they lose. Um, but I want to start hearing them use it as an excuse for why they win. That's what I'm saying. Because <laughs> how many times do you think Serena's gone out there and win, you know, cups honor period so you know and they're like you know the thing the reason i think i won is because i'm you know totally gushing blood out of my cooch cooch (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah we went there oh yeah but for me why i was saying inside the distance plus 300 the juice is loose there that's worth a little bit of money (laughs) 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 but intended (laughs) but after missing weight for Raquel Pennington, she just looked like death, not trying to get there. But in the ring, I mean... I felt like when I was looking at Raquel Pennington in there, she can go down to 125, and she's going to be very dominant in that division. And I think she could actually give Shevchenko a hard time because of her power. She is, has knockout power. Um, I just felt like she did not... She looked a She's little had weird. two broken legs, broken other issues. She's older uh, not the oldest in there, but I believe she's in her mid to later 30s now. You know what, though? 
all due credit to GDR. I know UFC fans fucking hate her, but, but she didn't. The UFC forced her to move up to 145. Remember back to that, you guys. She did not want to do it at all and kind of made every point of being like, I don't want this. This is just the next fight. They won't offer me any other fights, and I need a fight to make a living. Yeah. Um, I'm thankful it's for the belt, but, you know, she didn't really want to fight at 145 anyway. She said, I want to have to fight Holly Holmes. I said I would because we were both 135ers. I don't want to fight Cyborg. Why are you guys giving me hell about it? So she's back down at her regular weight, and she looks really good there. I think she could be a very dangerous person against Amanda Nunes. I don't like that GDR is getting so much hate. This is her at a regular weight class. I think um, what even Rocky, the way she came out and tapped gloves and punch, punch. Do you remember that? GDR, we told you. No, that's what Rocky did to GDR. Do you? I, I, I looked up and I didn't see exactly what had happened. Yeah, it was. I like Rocky as a person more. Like if I was going to go have a beer or play horse, some basketball or something with somebody, I'd like to hang out with Rocky more. But as a fighter going forward in the UFC, I still like GDR in this division. Yeah, I think I she's a live underdog with anyone she fights, and you are the one that made me so high on her. Her boxing was crisp. Her she, her punches were sharp. Straight down the middle her with power. Her fucking kicks. I wouldn't have been able to. She, she I would have tapped. She got some good shots she's in. She's really long as well and muscular. I just, to me, she didn't look like a 34-year-old in there, the way she was moving. Those I two agree years with were, you. She looked great in there. And Holly Holmes is showing that 34 is still, you are in your prime in the women's yeah, you're division. Still doing you're not just taking fine. the head trauma that the other people are. And Darren Dami, again, can knock out guys, which is why I was like, come on, minus 300. Or plus 300, I mean. I'm really hoping that came through. But, hey, I've made worse bets before. Still got the win with Darren Dami. Darren Dami was on a bunch of my cards as well. 51. I only had her on one of my cards. I had her on a few of my cards, and she didn't do too bad at all. I just th- I thought it was going to go to a decision, though. I didn't think there was going to be a finish there. And I always find her to be... She is... Uh, she doesn't lay out a bunch of punches. She's just very fucking precise. So totally, I'm gonna be high on um, GDR going forward for a little bit. She's gonna have to fuck up severely, and I also like. I think Rocky can still beat people in there. The 135 is a sketch division. That takedown defense for GDR. If you guys didn't notice that, that was nasty as fuck. So when people are like, get her to the ground. A lot of women have tried. <laughs> Rocky's D1. Yeah. I mean, for what no, you well, can be for a woman. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just, but, I mean, she has a tough... She has a good... She can take a woman she, down. If she needs to, and she, she was having a tough time, as many others have as well. On to <laughs> the co-main event. We have Donald Cowboy Cerrone coming in against Michael Platinum Perry. The Winkle John... Or the... Jane <laughs> Camp out of New Mexico came all the way up to Colorado to teach Donald Cerrone a lesson. And guess what? It only took 46 seconds for Donald Cerrone. Donald Cerrone. I mean, four, four minutes. minutes and 46 seconds for Donald Cerrone to submit Perry. Perry came in there trying to brawl like he usually does. I was, uh, my butthole was a little clinched because I had way too much money on Cerrone. I thought after the first round... It was going to be more of Cerrone's fight, but once it got to the ground, just once Donald Cerrone locked in that armbar and squeezed. For You've seen the photos? He's doing a moon bender. What's that moon beam? What's that wrestling move where you're a arching? crescent? Yeah, a crescent moon all over his hips. He turned into a leg. <laughs> yeah, werewolf. He was a half werewolf. Turned he broke into. his arm. 
Oh, did it really? He broke his arm. He said, I, and, and even afterward in the interview, Donald Cerrone was like, yeah, I felt it pop. Like, right when I caught it, I felt it pop. And he still and pulled. so then once I pulled back, it was just like pulling a chicken wing. Yep, it like, just He doesn't want to tap, whatever. Crank. So, he, yeah, and I guess Mike, Mike Perry, Perry tweeted out, a, you broke my arm. He's a beast. I have to say, though, I totally disagree. I felt like it was the opposite of the normal Mike Perry that we saw. I thought he was being very selective with his shots. Yeah. He wasn't getting in a brawl. He was the one that took Donald down, and I thought that was crazy that he took him down. And the way Donald laid it out is, like, once he went into, like, guard, I was like, what? Done. Yeah. Like, you want to take me down? I was and saying he, the ground. Was I saying ground? Yeah. Man? And he was, was like, it's crazy. Um, The show, listening back to the show, I... At first, I was heavy on Mike Perry, and then after we did our little discussion of it, I laid off of Mike Perry and went with Perry Decision, and then the parts I kept catching of Mike Perry and Cerrone together and the way Perry curls up the back of his neck and he looks werewolfy, uh-huh. I just felt like, shit, man, Donald looks big. He looks like he's finally filled into the 170 division. I felt he looked big next to Perry, and so I put him on my DraftKings cards, and I was so glad that I did. For the value, Donald Cerrone. It was a good, I'm I'm glad I went with it by decision, and I had Mike Perry on one of my cards, and then I had Donald Cerrone on two, so I ended up going heavier with... I had Perry, no exposure at all. I had 70% exposure on He's Donald not a Cerrone. guy that should ever, Mike Perry is a guy that shouldn't be priced over 8-4 for at least another year. He's a guy that... he gets put in with a bum. And he has I, that, what do you... the Where you have that um, one strike, like, yeah, he could knock you out with one random shot. Lewis. He has that... Yes, yes, yes. Right now, he's not... 100%. When we've seen it, tacticians on stop, and that's why I was leaning on that Cerrone, because I'm like, other guys have been able to pick apart Perry. It's the guys who want to try to brawl in there. But the kind of guy Donald Cerrone is... In his little clique of Felder and of Landau. And Mike Perry's going to join TJ, that little clique. TJ. I'm telling you. I Mike Perry is, he's going to fall into the Jackson Wink thing. I think there can't become stronger after this. I'm going to even be more high on the Jackson Wink camp going forward. And I think Donald Cerrone teaches Perry some moves. Perry needs his ground game. He doesn't need his striking worked on. So Perry goes back to my... Woo. To Wink and Cerrone goes back. Cerrone and Mike Perry are friends from this day forward. So you think Perry goes? Because I don't think that Cerrone goes back to... I think he does. Oh, I think they both fight together from this. Because it was a little wrong. Like when you told me that, you know, you felt like Cowboy is in the right because he's kind of the guy that built the camp to what it is. Um, Maybe there's some truth to that because I think they can... Cowboy just seems like a big enough guy to move forward. Yeah, like, like that's it, the kind of guy. Bygones be bygones, shake hands. He doesn't want to split a team. He wants to make the best fighters ever totally. and back his guys. And it was kind of cool that Paul Felder got to interview him in there. That was awesome. And uh, did you happen the to baby? Did you happen to see the uh, Lion King moment where the baby came I, in? Uh, come on, I didn't think about that. That's really funny. <laughs> he came in oh. there. Uh, and ended up showing it off to the world. The one controversial thing that Donald Cerrone did say in his hometown of Denver is, man, I want to move down to that 155. As you were just saying, he looked right at 170. I agree he looked right at 170. I'm coming, Khabib. At 155. Dude, you just got to finish win against a profile fighter. Stay at 170, man. Come on, man. You got so many other fights. You'll have a longer career. But they already offered him a fight. Okay, let's talk about first. So he's Lion King moment, and he said, "When I saw my kid in that belt buckle and those boots, 
I started crying like a baby. (laughs) (laughs) He started crying like a baby. And when I kissed him walking into the ring for the first time, I fucking knew why I was doing this. Because I was like, you're not fucking taking food out of my kid's mouth. And I knew I was going to win right then. And he fucking like popped his arm like a chicken wing. They already offered him a fight with somebody that he said, you guys are going to be really fucking excited. Yeah, so, that's not officially dropped yet? Uh-uh. And it's a 155 fight. Oh, yeah. And so you guys are going to be excited. Here's my questions. Here's who I think are okay. in the talks for it. Throw it at me. They're not going to get Khabib. If Khabib fights anyone, it's either Connor or Tony. We only see someone at the top or GSP. Like, he's in the realm of the top shreds right now. That's what Khabib. And Ali's not going to let him fight just some <laughs> fighter. That Because Ali is that manager. Right. Regardless of how you feel about him, he's not just going to let him waste money on a fight. So I think we have... Um, either Nate Diaz, uh, Dustin Poirier, or Justin Gaethje. I want to say it's going to be that Diaz fight because they have already have one and Diaz won the first one. And it's a historical fight where they iconically flipped each other off in the middle of the fight. And Cerrone lost because he said, that dude got in my head. And I wasn't thinking, that's it. It's that Diaz fight. Via the bean. That's Crystal the one ball. You think it is? That's what I think it is. Well, but I'm excited be... for any other of those fights. Give me all of them. Yeah, I would like okay. them all. And so okay. now you're not really mad about him being at 155 anymore. <laughs> no, <laughs> Once no, I thought no, about no. who it could be, I was like, I'm okay but with that. But even in the 70, give me him against Max anyone Holloway, in the 70. 155. Okay. Yeah, I that's what. Any yeah. single fight. But tell me I'm 170 and I want to see him fight at 170 anyway. And people that are getting mad about people swapping divisions, fuck, that's the whole point. That fuck is the, the whole divisions. Point. It's about fighting as much as you can. Yeah, I didn't know UFC like you know UFC, but I didn't know there used to not be weight classes. Oh, yeah. Where people I've just a fighter on. versus fighter. Oh, yeah. That you shit is amazing. When Ronda, you were coming on with whatever yeah. you were a part of that, but that had never happened. And I'm like, they're bringing ladies in. Hey, you might like this because. You're a lady. I was wrong. You like the guys more than you like the lady. <laughs> but whatever. It's all good. But totally. I've seen divisions all around. I mean, we did have the iconic 25th division or 25 years almost to the day, if not to the day, in Colorado where the first one was and the first fight where the Hawaiian dude lost an eye and a tooth in one kick. Hence why we don't soccer kick in UFC anymore. Oh my gosh. And they showed that replay nonstop. And the things I've seen in UFC, like, who would think, like, Cowboy, it was personal. He broke his arm. Now Mike Perry will be out of the camp for a little while for uh, Cerrone to, like, piss on the corners of that gym before he comes back kind of thing. Speaking of pissing on, I can't believe we never talked about Israel Adesanya pissing on the... Corner uh, post. Corner he's post. done it a few times already. I fucking love it. I love Cannonier going in and doing it. And he said, "Now it's my ring." Yeah. But um. But that and then Adesanya already commented that and said, "Oh, I did see that. It's cool because dogs do that in real life. They say, oh, yeah. I smelled it. Okay, now I'm it. in here. Yeah. Okay, it's a. It's I fine. Hear, he can I, take the ring yeah, after like, me. I see it, and I love that Asanya saying, "I see it. We'll get there. Like it. We'll, it's yeah. when we're both eighty fivers. It's gonna happen. Don't you uh, worry." But, I didn't know also, another Brennan job shout out, he picked Cannoneer as his hot underdog. Yeah. And I thought that was a, a hot ass call. pick. Good hot ass call. pick. So, anything left with Perry? Where do you go with Perry at 170? He's going to have a little bit of a layoff. Perry's still the same Perry that he's where he's at because of personality more than fight ability. And I think he stays where he's at. He's he's made himself kind of a cowboy type fighter where he'll always be fun to have on a card because he'll always be in exciting fights. Totally. Agreed. So. Agreed. Agreed. He does have a niche cut out for himself. 
there. On to the main event. If we have, I mean, what better way could we cap off the 25-year anniversary with the fight of the year potential, if not knockout of the of all time. This is going to be in the top 10 knockouts of all time. I guarantee. You know I don't guarantee many things. <laughs> I guarantee that you are going to see this for all time in UFC highlights. Because not only was I it watched a, the fight with the fire medic. And she was like, oh, that just ain't right. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I seen some things. <laughs> and the way he was knocked dead, out when, just ain't right. He like, turned the, into his a real zombie. Like, like a skeleton in a classroom. He turned into a real zombie in there. But before. Hanging skeleton in a biology lab. <laughs> I had to get deeper with that. So they were like, skeleton in a classroom. Like, you know, in college and the biology. Oh, fuck it. So. On to this five-rounder. A lot of people questioning Yair Rodriguez against Korean Zombie, saying this young kid didn't want to fight to beat. This kid was scared after losing to a top three guy in Frankie Edgar. Being cut from the UFC, coming back short notice. How long did Yair have? Two weeks? For somebody who was trained for a five-round fight with the style of Yair? Lesbo coming in on Korean Zombie. The Bean coming in on your ear saying that, hey, this guy at 7-7 could potentially finish him. Korean Zombie, I got to say, I was discrediting him a little more than I thought I was. He put in a vicious game plan in there. This I was, was about to say, fight. I think we were both proven right in this fight and wrong. Totally. Because both fighters, it was such a fucking good fight. They both like, showed I was out. on the edge of my seat for 25 minutes. And, and you had it going 2-2. I had it going 3-1 in it into the last fight. And I saw the scorecards afterward. And there was one that was 2-2 and two that were 3-1 going into that last round. And I would say I said 2-2 on a text. But when I looked down at my verdict, I had 3-1. Oh, yeah, that's zombie. why. Yeah. Four zombie. Yeah, me too. But it was close And I thought he was going to win the last round. I actually thought it was yeah, his was decision. Yeah, I thought, but I thought it was Korean zombies. I thought he won, oh. and it was going to be a dirty split Korean zombie right before the, the hurricane broke the tree. Nine seconds that it was your ear retreating. Well, not even that. There's two minutes left in the fight. They start to get a little sentimental because they've been in a brutal fight. I mean, there's been the first round, there was kicks that I don't know why Yair didn't stay with the kicks other than he hurt his own foot on a knee. He broke he his said, own foot in the first round. Not a broken foot officially. Yair's okay. been released this morning. He stayed in overnight because they wanted to keep him for CT. Same with Korean Zombie. Both of them have been released. No broken bones for either fighter that I have officially seen yet. Yair is, he's got bruises on his feet, but he did kick a knee. But he, what, first three kicks on Zombie, that leg was stiff. I thought that the fight could have been over, but Yair also pulled back from kicking a knee. But it was straight lefts for Korean Zombie that were landing nonstop on Yair. I thought Korean Zombie's boxing looked crisp. And it was so crazy how it was almost set up that it was... It was almost like a fencing match. Yeah. It was that like uppercut, ting, 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 ting. that hit Bermudez ting, 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 and knocked ting, ting, Bermudez out. Ting, 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 ting. Landed on your ear three times. 
throughout that fight? I was a hater on Yair going into this, and I fucking love him. I felt like his, I felt like both guys' cardio for 25 minutes looked amazing. So with that, Korean After the zombie, first round, was it that backward elbow that cut Korean zombie? It was the lip? second or third, and Zombie kept touching his lip in the second and third for all the rest of the fight because he, that lip hurt him. And sucking that penny, like, yep. mm, he kept that feeling that. Uh, but Yair had two weeks notice for this five round or just throwing that back out there. so again. good. I hate, now I take it all back. I'm totally on Yair. I loved everything I saw. I think he looked like a better version of himself than he ever looked. His head looked in there. He looked like he, he was looked, thinking. He he looked totally in there. Korean Zombie was not an easy fight. No. Anyone that was not an easy fight at all. It was obviously the fight of the year, and even that knockout was so thought out down to the last second. So in the last minute, they get a little sentimental. They start high fiving, oh, and at first I hated on that. And so did the announcers, Paul Felder and... He did on the second one. On the second time when they had 30 or 10 seconds left? 30 seconds left. Uh Uh-huh. 30 seconds left, and they both hype up the crowd by telling them to keep cheering, and even Felder's like, come on, guys, fight. I thought it was in the last 30 to 10 seconds. Oh, that's when he got mad. The second time. time. He's like, come on, fight. And in him saying fight... Korean zombie charges at Yair with a five-six punch combination. Yair retreats, ducks his head, and in live, I thought that it was a headbutt that caught Korean zombie. But I saw a Korean zombie go limp, turn into one of those flaying tube men, and just crumble on himself like, like the, the power was, was gone. Off on yeah. one of those like welcome to the car wash. At face first into it, and Yair just like. I didn't hear the the bell and was like, I think it finished them. The announcers thought it was a headbutt. We look back and I'm still amazed with a backwards elbow that actually Yair landed three times off of the clinch, but they were from other angles. But I've said it a lot of times here at Lappy, anybody who throws elbows off of the clinch like Macy or spinning elbows, you got to watch out for because... Game ready for those. You expect the clinch and you're ready to set up again, and all of a sudden, whoosh, you get your face slashed up by a freaking sliding elbow. Was it the second round that you also caught Korean Zombie with one of those elbows on the chin earlier? We were calling it the Mexican machete. Oh my god! Or Mexican, I love it. Mexican switchblade. That's oh. what we call it. You know, you press the button and just yeah, yeah like it Ooh. just came up like you. I had to watch it. Like third time where I was like, oh shit, it was he the meant elbow. To do it. Yeah, he yes. Meant to do I it. was like, is that sloppy? Was it on accident? No. Same thing. I got into a little debate, like, no. And then after I rewatched it, I'm like, he totally meant to. Fuck yeah. Like that shit came up. I what a great fight. I like both guys going forward and things that we usually see from Koreans, most Koreans, um, I think that the Korean zombie will take the appropriate amount of time off. They usually don't come right back in after knockouts and do silly, crazy. I think he will take appropriate amount of time off from that fight. I still want to see him going forward. But Yair, holy shit. UFC, be smart with him. Be smart. You can build up a monster so and Zabi. is it the Zabi fight next or not? I think they're it's they're gonna hurt. He, no, I don't think they should either. I don't think they should I don't think either. They should. But I think that he kind of called for. I don't care who it is. He wouldn't call out anyone, but he's like, I'm ready for anyone now. He needed to come back from this because Get they just fed right. him to Edgar. Yeah. They've why don't they put Zabi against Edgar? Because they train in the same camp. 
Oh, do they? I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. New Jersey, yeah, that's where it is but, at. Well, then I also think that's kind of smart for Yair to have not fought back-to-back people from the same camps. Who is he, Dominic Cruz? Like, he just fights everyone <laughs> from one camp. South. Yeah, I really like Yair going forward, and I hope they're smart with him. I think he is from the perfect country with the perfect look. I think he's a handsome kid. He has a crazy cool style. And looking back at what I said, like, Bruce Leroy, that was a sloppy fight, blah, 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 blah. The best thing about Bruce Leroy, Yair, looking back on those fights um, after I studied it going into it, he makes other guys fight an unplanned game plan. Oh, like, yeah. So that's why it makes the fights look the way they look. Oh, yeah. And, um, I think Paul Felder was the one that said it is like, this is a perfect combination of two guys that, how can you plan for a guy that doesn't even know what he's about to do? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm totally. like, that was kind of true. Very, very true. Uh, those leg stomps into spinning elbows by Yair. It was a profile fight, one that we'll be able to watch for many years. Solid card over the night. I was happy with what I got for free. I think on it's Fox. easily one of the fight cards of the year. And fight of the years and knockout of the years. Everything right happened. Everything that was supposed to go good went good. We have another one coming up this coming up weekend. I'm not remembering where because I'm just going to let this one set in a bit. I'm just going to go back to my Twitter, keep watching highlights throughout the night because there is so many highlights. We don't need to be talking about Saturday's meal when we're still full. I know, exactly. Just enjoy it. Enjoy your weekend. What little bit you have left. If you're already following us on Twitter, that is perfect. And if you're looking for other people to follow, why don't you go through this fight card and follow all the fighters that impressed you and build up your UFC resume so you can find out what's happening right from the horse's mouth or on their Instagram where you can also follow Lesbo and the Bean. And so thanks for listening again. Lesbo and the Bean! Thanks for listening to Lat B. For all things Lesbo and the Bean, head over to lesboandthebean.com or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.